All right. It's a long gospel. Um, so that means it's like a long, long homily, right? No, we'll, we'll pray. There's so many things, so many things in this passage, so much depth here on so many levels that we're only going to be able to scratch the surface of, of just one, one piece. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Lord, make our minds and our hearts and our souls fertile soil that your word may bear great and lasting fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. You know, here recently with uh, a couple of different groups, I've been walking through a series on prayer. And the focus of that series on prayer, because in prayer we could, we could spend a whole lifetime just studying and understanding and growing in prayer and the types of prayer and and what the Lord does in our own hearts as we enter in and distraction and everything. But the focus of the sessions that we've been walking through has been trying to pray in a more relational way and engaging with the Lord in a more personal way. Why, why is that important for us? It's because it is very easy for our faith to remain purely on an intellectual level. Now, the, our intellect is very important, extremely important. And for us to believe the right things about God is essential to believe the truth, to know the truth. And we can't actually have a real relationship with the Lord if we don't know the truth about Him, because otherwise we have a relationship with some confused notion. And of course, we're going to grow in that throughout the rest of our life. But when we engage in more relational prayer in a more personal way, what happens is that God himself, we find him meeting us in the reality of our concrete life. This is huge. This is where our relationship with the living and true God is not just a set of beliefs that we assent to, and that we follow, which again is very important. But those things move from only being that to a God who we have a living relationship with and who is meeting us in the concrete reality of our day-to-day -day life. So I want to talk about that concept in, re in relation to this gospel passage today. Particularly, I want to focus on Martha. So here we have Martha, and again, this is the same Martha and Mary from the gospel where Jesus is passing through. He stops in their home, and Mary is sitting at his feet, and Martha is anxious and worried about many things, and she's fussing about her sister, right? Like, Jesus, come on. Why don't you tell her to come help me? Why don't you tell her to come help me? 
And what we see here in Martha sometimes is we're like, God, like, you can, more people probably relate to Martha than they do Mary in that particular passage. And I think sometimes there's, a, there's an overgeneralization that happens and we misunderstand things there. But the beautiful aspect about Martha in that passage is that she just doesn't sit in her suffering, anxiety, or resentment in herself. She doesn't just sit and stew. And then she doesn't wait for Jesus to leave and takes it out passively, aggressively on Mary. But she engages engages Jesus face to face. And she's a little passive aggressive as she's doing it. But she engages Jesus face to face. Lord, come and help. She doesn't even know all of what she's suffering. And Jesus calms her. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There's need of only one thing. And Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. And in that moment, Martha felt and experienced Jesus meet her with tenderness and compassion, even as he challenged her, that he loved her in it. And so from that moment, her relationship and her confidence and her trust in Christ grew in the midst of her own brokenness. So that when they are finding, you know, Lazarus is dying and they send word to Jesus, they're like, okay, like, well, Lazarus is dying. We need to call Jesus. And so this is beautiful too, what they tell Jesus. The one you love is ill. How beautiful. What a beautiful way to intercede for those who are suffering in our life. Jesus, the one you love is ill. It's confidence in the Lord. Confidence in Him. And all this confidence in the Lord, and what does Jesus do? Uh, We're just going to hang out for a couple more days, you know? This party's not over. We'll wait, wait till the party's over and then head back. But it says this, he says, because he loved him, He waited for two more days. On the surface, that is hard for us. No, Lord, because you love him, you book it over there, right? Like you get over there now. It's because he loved him, he waited. He waited and allowed him to die. So as he's making his way back and Lazarus has died, Martha finds out. And so now she is the one, the one who had encountered Christ anew in her suffering. Jesus met her in her anxiety and fear, in her envy, in her jealousy. He met her with tenderness in her home. And now she has this renewed confidence and love and experience of Christ. So she runs out to meet him. Like I'm suffering. I need to be with the Lord. I need to be with him. So she runs to meet Jesus and she says, Lord, if you would not have been here, my brother would not have died. This honest, again, honest vulnerability. Jesus, we told you the one that you love was ill and like you didn't come and now he's dead. If you would have come, he would not have died. But then listen even to the greatness of her faith. But I know even now that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. So again, Martha's wrestling with all of this, but she's, she's honest and encountering the Lord in this beautiful, honest way. 
vulnerable way. And Jesus says, your brother will rise. And she says, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. And so here again is where Martha has this truth where she has come to believe in this development of the Jewish faith and belief in the resurrection. And so she has believed that, yes, okay, Lord, I know that. He will rise on the last day. But then Jesus is meeting her in her suffering in a profound way here. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live, and everyone who believes in me will never die. And so he asked her, right, do you believe this? Do you believe not just in the resurrection of the dead, which I think, again, if you're in this church, odds are you believe that. Believe in the resurrection of the dead, of those who die in Christ will rise again. And then, and then death enters into our life or suffering enters into our life in a profound way and it can shake us, right? It can shake us because of the real suffering of the hurting uh, of, of someone who is lost in our life or it, can, it doesn't even have to be death. It could be someone, something else. And so then this honest wrestling with Jesus we have with Martha and she's like, he, he says, I am this, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And here, again, is a beautiful statement. She says, yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. Jesus, I have met you in my suffering. And so it's not just this idea up here, but this real lived encounter with you, Lord, I believe this about you. So now, as Martha is suffering, we see what happens. He said this, and she goes and calls Mary so that she can have this encounter. As Mary is at home suffering and wrestling with believing in the Lord and believing in the resurrection, but just consumed with the death of her brother, she's like, no, Mary, I want you. I want you to meet Jesus loving you in your pain right here and now. And so he comes, and then they're weeping, And then Jesus, his heart is moved in their suffering. And they say to him, sir, he says, where have you laid him? Sir, come and see. And this is Jesus wept. Brothers and sisters, when we are suffering, the enemy comes to lie to us. God does not care about you and your suffering. He cares about these other people. He's doing these other things. He does not care about you. Here for us in this scripture passage, the heart of Jesus is broken open as he weeps at the loss of his friend. Weeping. It's not like just like a little tear. Not misty-eyed. He's weeping. This is compassion. Compassion means to suffer with. Passio is Latin for suffering. Com is with. Compassion is to suffer with. He is suffering with them. And brothers and sisters, suffering alone is an experience of hell in some way. 
But suffering with Jesus is an experience of communion, even as it is painful. Suffering alone, again, when we're, when we're turned in on our suffering, and this is what the enemy wants us to do, to turn in on our suffering, where we're staring at our suffering, where we're just ruminating and ruminating and ruminating, or if he, he invites us to turn away to something to distract us from it. Busyness, entertainment, drugs, unhealthy relationships, But the invitation is to face the one who is the resurrection and the life. The one who meets us in our suffering and who knows it personally himself. And who has the power to transform and change it. And so we have Lazarus now. And Lazarus is in the tomb and says he's been there for four days. And for the Jewish people at that time, they believed that the soul stayed with the body for the first three days, and after three days, the soul would leave the body. So on the fourth day, that was it. It was over. There was no coming back. And so Lazarus is there, in a sense we can see this. He is an image of us turned in on ourselves, in our suffering. There is no life because I'm just staring at the suffering within me. And the enemy is pressing and pressing and pressing and removing all hope and removing all understanding of the Lord being with us. And so Jesus breaks into the tomb. Roll away the stone. And he calls out to Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. Stop staring at your wounds and look at me. And this is not to say that, hey, pretend like it doesn't hurt. That's foolishness. Jesus is not pretending like it doesn't hurt. He is weeping. But when we stare at our own wounds, when we have this like navel gazing, there's not, it just, it rots us from the inside. And so our our call is to turn to the Lord in it, in our suffering, and to be honest with him. Lord, where the heck were you? Lord, where are you as we are suffering? But it is what happens in that moment, what happens in those moments is that we meet the real Jesus in our real suffering. And there was power there. Sometimes our circumstances are changed. Here, Lazarus, his circumstances were changed pretty dramatically. But he died again. And sometimes the Lord changes us from the interior and brings life even in the midst of suffering and death. So my invitation to you, my invitation to myself I'm preaching to myself all the time. Is that in our suffering, the enemy wants us to either stare at the suffering and get caught in this hopelessness or to run to distraction. But Jesus invites us to look at him. 
And if we can't do that and we see our brothers and sisters struggling to look at Jesus, Jesus invites Lazarus' friends to help. They're the ones who roll away the stone. They're the ones who unbind him. So we need to help each other, point each other to the face of Christ, to our suffering and crucified and risen Lord, the one who comes and weeps with us, who enters the cross and the tomb, but pours forth the power of the resurrection so that we can meet him And when that happens, when that happens, again, Lazarus died again. Martha and Mary, they died and they suffered. But they, as they met Jesus in the reality of their suffering, the real Lord, it transformed them and changed them. It's like the apostles in the upper room. What allowed them to persevere through being martyred? It's because when they were afraid in the upper room, scared out of their brains, Jesus met them, and they did not run from the honest encounter. Temptation to distraction, temptation to be drawn within ourselves. Let us encourage each other. Look at the crucified and risen Lord, Jesus weeping with us, Jesus calling us to be with him. And what did he say to Martha? What did he say to Lazarus? What did he say to Mary is this? I see you. I see you. I see your suffering. I see your pain. I feel your pain. But I am with you. And you are not alone. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. And even if he dies, he will live. Come, Lord Jesus. Give us the grace to engage with you in a personal way. Not just stay stuck in these ideas of the faith in our mind, but to engage these ideas of you, the true living God, in our heart. That you may meet us with compassion and the power of the resurrection.